0: Blades Pod. My name is Ben. It's Thursday, the 5th of March. Coming up is Andrew, of course, to talk about this week's game and this weekend's Premier League game. Just quickly beforehand, I completely missed this because uh, I don't know, I'm dumb, I don't pay attention to things. But we recently had the 100th episode of Blades Pod. This is actually going to be episode 102, and I only noticed this after episode 101 went out. Um, so, yeah, a little moment of, uh, well, I hope this doesn't turn into self congratulation, but Yeah, I just wanted to say um, I didn't expect to get this far, I guess. I mean, you know, I first started this about two years ago. I just recorded a quick clip on my phone of me just rambling about um, one United game. A couple of hundred people listened to it, and I thought I'd keep going. And um, yeah, here we are now. You know, thousands of people listen every episode, which still blows my mind. So I I just want to say thank you, basically, to... Everybody that has ever downloaded, listened, left me a review, uh follows me on Twitter, interacts with me on Twitter, it's um it's it's still pretty amazing to me that uh you know I'm just someone who likes football and occasionally spends an hour a week talking about United and yeah, I very much uh very much appreciate that people do listen to it because without you I would definitely not have done a hundred episodes. So Thank you very much. Um, if you do want to leave me ever a review, please do so, and please leave a good one. That would be nice. And, uh, yeah, always appreciate the um, the shares of the podcast, the word of mouth. It's pretty cool knowing that so many people listen to it. So thank you once again for helping me get to 100 episodes. Let's hope the next 100 are just as good. Thank you very much. Here is Andrew. All right, joining me now, it's Andrew from Roy's View from... How are you doing today, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good as well. We're we're into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. We're going to play Arsenal at home, which we will talk about in a little while. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about the uh, the game itself. Getting through um, uh, against Reading, a game that I was expecting to be. I don't know. I don't know if I've got a bit carried away here. I th- I, I expected this to be pretty comfortable for mm-hmm. us, um, and really, it was. I wouldn't say it was anything but but it was not like a smooth passage to no. the quarterfinals whatsoever but at the same time you know it's there is that whole thing of like well it's you know cup football just uh it doesn't really matter just you know just win the damn game and that's ultimately what we did but you were there i was watching on um on a, a stream on facebook legally for once <laughs> yeah. Via, uh, you via say the, that, yeah yeah by <laughs> the fa's uh official official facebook page um what was your uh, what was your, your takeaway overall feelings from the game?
1: I see like a lot of people say like, oh we got out of jail. I disagree with that because I think we had more shots, more possession. I think we were with a better team. Mm. And I think we deserved to win. I think um it was poor by our standards though, and I thought yeah, it would, I'd possibly go as far as saying it's the worst we've played this season, to be honest. Um, we were really slow. I've seen people say we were knocking it long. I disagree with that. I don't think we were knocking it long. I think we were just way, way, way too slow to to break a very, very deep dispense down. And it is something that we've struggled against, isn't it?
0: Hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it's the worst we've played this season. I feel I feel there's been... I'm, I'm just trying to think of some off the top of my head and not too many spring to my roof. Yeah. But... Um, I yeah. don't know. I can't think
1: of one. I mean, I'm saying
0: that off the top of my head, to be
1: fair. But I, off the top, I can't. Given the opposition as well, I can't think of another game where we've sort of been so. I don't know. It looks a little bit lacklustre and a little bit sort of, yeah. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess as part of that. I mean, we're. we're I mean, we saw last night that a uh, a middling championship team can kind of kind of best. muddy things up for even some of the best teams in. Uh, in, in Europe, in fact, a team that's just, uh, yeah, just beaten Real Madrid away.
1: Yeah, Man City yesterday, in my opinion, and I'm not just saying this is a bias, You know, I think it realistically could have been about 6-0 that game, to be fair, whereas I don't think ours against Reading could have been that, you know, I think 2-1 is probably about right.
0: Yeah, indeed. No, I'm more just sort of saying, you know, when you've got this kind of one-off occasion, which, yeah. I mean, the thing with Reading is that, you know, their season is essentially over now. I mean, I know they're only, like, what is it like seven or eight points? I think from the bottom three, mm-hmm. but it's highly unlikely that they're going to go down. They're miles. You from could
1: the tell that as well with the. I mean, the the way that I, I don't think they usually do what they did in the sense that they had this massive drum next to the away fans, and then the the other side next to the away fans were they all. They, they undoubtedly tried to make a big big deal about it, which is you know rightly so. I'm not certainly not criticising, but it, it did have that sort of feeling of a. Which we've not had for a while, because obviously we've been in League One for so long. So we've been doing that, if that makes mm. sense. We're the ones who are going to to Premier League clubs or, or playing Premier League clubs and sort of making an atmosphere, because we're the, the ones who can cause a shock. And I thought Reading fans, they're not normally like that, as far as I can tell. They're not normally that loud and that sort of boisterous and stuff. And I think they tried to make
0: it a real cup tie, which they did, to be fair. So we were a difficult game. Yeah, it's an interesting point, that, actually. Yeah, it must be a long time since we've been like a, a, a proper scalp for a team in the Cup. And mm-hmm. I, I don't mean... I mean, you, you know, I know we've played some non-league teams recently, but I mean, you know, they've been played in front of like 6,000 fans at Bramall Lane. It's hardly a, a, you know, a huge cup tie atmosphere. Isn't yeah. It? So yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting point. Um, You know, they kind of, as you'd expect, sat offers, sat pretty deep, you know, pressed us a little bit when we had the ball, but in reality, you know, we had a lot of possession mm. at the back. I think o- O'Connell had over 100 passes attempted in the game, which is it's not what you want I don't think I think that's a no. sign that the game is not going how you want it to go if, yeah. if uh, you know it's not a slight O'Connell I just don't think he should have the ball that often because it means that it's not getting into other areas oh, um, yeah. to an extent just to quickly talk about the team I think I think you saw even though it's a strong team There was quite a lot of changes, and I think you definitely saw the effect of that. So we we kept the we basically picked the strongest back five, back six. If you want to include the goalkeeper with Osborne stepping in for the injured Stevens, Berger goes into Norwood's position, which is um, ostensibly closer to how he's been playing for for Genk, but obviously not how he's been playing for us. And they got Luke Freeman and John Lundstrom coming back in, and McGoldrick and Muse getting their first start in ooh, a long time. I think when was the last time Musa started a game? Maybe Arsenal away. Probably going back oh, to yeah, January. It was. Yeah,
1: he got taken off, didn't he? After about fifty minutes or something, got taken off, so off quite pretty early in that match.
0: Yeah, so you're probably going back to January. Now that's a good team. That's a good strong team that uh, you would expect to deal with Reading pretty comfortably. Yeah. And you know, ultimately, it, it did do the job. But uh, you know, there's a lot of players kind of feeling their way there. And I, I thought. Um, and we can talk about Berger's performance in a little while, I suppose, but I thought that not it, it to me, it highlighted the value of Norwood in a little bit, in a way, just the sort of not necessarily what he does on the ball, but what he enables everyone else to do. Yeah. And that's why O'Connell and Basham were barely getting forward because they they almost didn't know, you know, there isn't that understanding of like who's yeah. going to drop in and cover that. So, I think that kind of I muddy. Been, I mean, I'm a I'm a
1: bit of a the chairman of the Norwood defending association, to be fair, because <laughs> I I always sort of stick up for him. So I know he gets a little bit of criticism and stuff, uh, which I, I just can't understand personally. Mm. And I hope that game shows you just what he brings. And like you say, it's not necessarily on the ball. I, I don't. I think they were all right on the ball. Actually, I think yes. he did a few stray passes and stuff, but I think he kept it pretty simple. And you know, he he wasn't poor on the ball or anything. But as you said with Norwood, it was it's just that case of we didn't we didn't get forward enough, as much with the centre halves. That's got to be to do with Mac Norwood. And as you say, him knowing when to drop off.
0: Yeah. I, I, I did. It really struck me watching it for sure. Um, just just before we get into the game, I, I, I was thinking about this earlier. Our head-to-head with Reading is, is pretty wild. Mm. Um, I mean, so my missus is a Reading fan. We, let me just see. Not to get too personal here, but we met in 2002. And we had one game where United won uh, 2-0 away at Reading. From that point on, so this is 2003, the next 11 games, Sheffield United, zero wins, two draws, nine defeats. <laughs> so we didn't win for five years, 11 games. And then from that point, we've played another 11 games, nine wins, a draw, and a defeat. And the defeat was in the FA Cup where we probably didn't yeah. care about it. Um, I mean, I uh,
1: always remembered every time we used to play Redding, I'm like, oh, not Redding. You know, like, t- yeah, the like, side. Yeah, all the time. I mean, obviously under couple as well, we had a, a few runnings run We with the um, mm. uh, obviously promotion season and then the season after when Goliath. I mean, they did a the double over in the Premiership season. They, we didn't beat them in the Championship season the year before. Uh, yeah, I hated playing against them. They were a good side, that Reading team, to be fair.
0: Mm. Yeah, they, they were very good. I mean, obviously, they're uh, record points for the um, what is now the Championship. Yeah. I,
1: don't know I think they only lost one game, I think, that was the first game of the season.
0: Uh, I actually know that they lost two. You're right. They lost the first game. They ah, lost. They lost, uh, they lost to Luton, who I think ended up getting relegated. Um, yeah, sounds like that. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty bizarre. But they got like 106 points or something like that. And then, yeah, as you say, that that's first season in the Premiership where we both went up. They were, I think they finished like seventh or eighth or something. They were. Phenomenal. When people talk about second season syndrome, which is
1: completely non complete nonsense, because when they talk about it, they talk about Hull and Huddersfield who finished fourth from bottom, fifth from bottom. Mm. They didn't have an amazing season. Reading is the last team that uh, that I think uh, I think I'm right in saying the last team who had an amazing season in the Premier League and then went down the year after.
0: I feel like they're the proper archetype. I've never I've never really uh, drilled into that actually as to what what happened there because I don't feel like they sort of sold up or anything like that. I mean, no. you know, I'm pretty sure they still had like Kevin Doyle and. Um... Stephen Hunt, went not it? And yeah. Like it was just, oh, yeah, it was strange. But, it was a weird
1: one. And that, like I said, when people talk about second season syndrome, I always dismiss it. But that is the one case where it's happened.
0: Yeah. Although you are going back, what is that, 13 years? Yeah. You know, so it's a lot of football being played. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it always used to infuriate me because it, it felt like we just, I don't know, it felt like so much weird stuff happened in those games that we just didn't, it, like, inexplicably didn't turn up, even if it was a big game. And I'm thinking like mm. a... You know, the uh what was it? Gillespie got sent off after about ten seconds of coming <laughs> on as a yeah. sub and then we were doing the um well, I think Wally Downs interpreted it as uh, Warnock saying, go and break his leg. But I think yeah.
1: Was... Well, one of the best games I've ever been to against Reading was the 1-1, do you know, in the promotion season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an
0: penalty.
1: amazing game. Yeah, they missed a the pen last minute and stuff. We were brilliant mm-hmm. that day. And we were on a poor run of form, but we still didn't manage to beat them.
0: Yeah, Cabba missed an absolute sitter yeah. in like the last minute just before they broke away for the penalty. I almost destroyed the seat in front of me. I was so, <laughs> so angry because I thought, this is it, the winless runs about to end and then of course they break away win that penalty but yeah. fortunately Paddy Kenny saves it but yeah since it's, 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 I'd love to know if there's another team in the entire football league that we have this complete flip of bogeyness I guess against mm. where uh, we didn't win for 11 games and now we've only lost one in our last 11 games and won pretty much all of them so yeah well, let's hope we never get to out against Walsall anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's uh, let's just leave that one for sure right let's, let's talk about the game yeah. Um <laughs> I mean, major, significant event. David McGoldrick finally finds the back of the net after just yep. a couple of minutes. What? What did you think seeing that one go in?
1: I was disappointed that it weren't in front of our fans. I've got to admit. I mean, I know it's the only I, his Premier League goal is going to be different to the the FA Cup mm. goal. Obviously, his first Premier goal if you guess it. Um, <laughs> but I do. I always wanted his first goal to be in front of our fans. You know, at, mm. at a really important goal. So it was a bit of an anti-climax in a way that he'd scored. If that makes sense. You're so the, the first yeah. bit of the game against Reading away. In front of a basically an empty stand, which is what <laughs> their end was. Uh, but yeah, obviously, before this game, I was thinking like on Saturday, do you play McGoldrick, McBurney, Sharp? You know which, one? and I think I don't know. Do you, do we play McGoldrick now because he's finally got that goal? Because he went on a bit of a spree last season once he got his first goal, didn't he? Hmm. Well, not his first goal. Sorry, he's, he's, I know, he I know what you mean a- yeah. Yeah, he missed I mean, loads of chances. Then he scored against Derby. Then went on a bit of a. And I'm wondering now whether that that'll hopefully kick him on a little bit, might, maybe a little bit of pressure off him.
0: Yeah, it's possible. I mean, yeah. I'm. I'm. The thing is, he should have been. Yeah. It's. You know, we've said all the season, and he should have been scoring. And like, mm-hmm. you know, eventually he will because he just gets into good positions so often. It was um, his
1: first goal in 37 shots this season.
0: Wow, that is amazing. Um, <laughs> if you think. You experienced an anticlimax with that one. Let me, let me tell you how I experienced <laughs> the uh, David McGoldrick goal. I was watching downstairs, trying to mirror um, mirror the Facebook stream on on the TV via my, uh, my via my wife's phone because I don't actually have a Facebook account anymore, or at least uh, not a not a real one. Anyway, just a yeah. a burner account that I can never remember the blooming password for. <laughs> um, and, and uh, it, it was it was juddering like crazy, so I was like, "Ah, oh, sorry, I'm going to go watch this on uh, on my laptop where I I know I still have this account logged in." Um, got up, started the stream, and it's showing a replay of McGoldrick's goal. Oh, for goodness, you are kidding me! <laughs> like, I'm delighted he scored, but oh come on, I actually missed McGoldrick's first goal of the season. Can yeah. you believe it. It's a nice finish. Um, Osborne, well, good bit of play by Luke Freeman, yeah. kind of driving forward. Osborne fizzes in um, a really good cross around the penalty area and uh, McGoldrick's unmarked, heads it down and into the net and yeah, I think any finish with McGoldrick we should credit it because we've seen some truly improbable misses, improbable Mm -hmm. saves this season so good for him, he's off off the mark and yeah, as you say, hopefully that will uh, propel him forward Um, How do you think he did generally outside of that?
1: I don't think it was his best game, to be completely honest. I think that, it, in a way, it didn't really suit him because they were that deep and stuff. And I don't think Moose helped, to be completely honest. Um, he didn't really offer much with him. But there were a couple of little bits of things that you've shown up we've missed with him, I think. You know, just like coming deep, holding the ball up and sort of starting, starting attacks and things. But I, I've seen him play better. What about yourself,
0: yeah, I thought for the first um, probably 40 minutes of this game, I mm-hmm. thought it was it, we were so comfortable. And mm. every time Reading got the ball, we just pressed and won it back almost immediately. And McGoldrick was kind of a big part of that, you know, dropping into midfield to just chase back and win it. But yeah, it did not really do too much for the rest of the game. He had one header in the second half that kind of um, sort of loops onto the top of the net, which was a good header, to be fair. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, wasn- it was wasn't-, really wasn't fair, that. Yeah, not a, not an easy chance by any means. He was kind of running away from goal as well, um, and he had a, he had a good uh, a good little moment in the first half where he um, kind of picked it up and uh, like got, kind of drove to the edge of the area and hit that shot that the keeper saved. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I was glad to see him back. I don't know. Um, I don't think I'd throw him straight into uh, a, a Premier League start just mm-hmm. yet. Although you know, it was a nice. I thought he did pretty well off the bench um, against Brighton as well. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. Um, Egan headed over a corner, which is, I'm starting. To, I know we we talked last week, uh, last time we spoke about uh, how we never score from corners except when we do, and actually we're, just, yeah. we're pretty much okay from corners. But I do feel like Egan and O'Connell. I just feel like they should have a couple of goals by now, you know. Just... I am <laughs> down to score uh, O'Connell this month I didn't have a bet actually in end, but I just I just
1: kept saying yeah. Was, I've got a feeling O'Connell's going to score today because he he's due one. He normally gets two or three a season, don't I?
0: Yeah, was it just the one... No, you're right, actually. Yeah, he got a couple from set pieces last season as well. Yeah, isn't I... the, uh, obviously, the uh, the one right at the end, and then yeah, the... it's against, yeah. against Rotherham as well. Yeah. Was it Rotherham? Yeah, 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 Rotherham off the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Might yeah. Be another one. But, yeah, it's, uh, I think Egan, um, I expected him to score a lot of goals for us. He obviously scored, like... Uh, it wasn't his home debut, was it? But it was, like, the second home game against Norwich. Yeah, it's Norwich, season. yeah. And he's not scored since then, has he? I don't think so I mean he obviously had it in the net against Brighton but uh, handball in the end so yeah this is I mean it wasn't a, I'm not saying this is a sitter or anything it's just another one in the list of like surely one of these is going to go in at some point where yeah. he just kind of flicks it backwards and it, it lands on the roof of the net um Henderson, uh, England's number one, come on, it's just getting ridiculous now, um, <laughs> after another mixed weekend for Jordan Pickford, I think it's fair to say. And he had to deal uh, with the, uh,
1: the the 1980s throwback Reading fans singing your, ah, uh, every time he kicked it, <laughs> which is, I've not heard that
0: for, for about 10 years, to be honest. <laughs> no, no, that's pretty... Uh... Pretty embarrassing, to be honest. Um, <laughs> a good save-off for Mate, who I think was playing, what was he, like sort of right back in this game? Oh, he was right midfield, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Um, mm. He looks quite handy, actually. I thought whenever I've seen him... they sort a of, of players, you know, that I think mm, in a better side, they'll probably stand out even more. They strike me as a team that, like, someone like Wilder would do quite a lot with, I think. Yeah. Um, they look like they have a lot of, I, I don't know a lot of as I say a lot of tools and that, that sounds like yeah, i yeah, sorting yeah. them but <laughs> <laughs> pieces yeah. I mean um, you know Ajaria really really um, highly thought of say so with said with uh, Rinomota as well Pushkas yeah, obviously was a
1: rated Swift when I've seen him
0: yeah yeah absolutely he seems to you know play a, a, a well a mini blinder against us mm-hmm. almost every time I suppose yeah um, but they, I don't know I don't know if they're all that well coached to be honest I'm not sure how good this Boeing is I think he's I do follow a um uh, a reading analytics account on twitter yeah um, and they uh, I did see the other day that they've i think they've picked up more points under Bowen already than they had under um uh, Gomez, the previous manager, but I think the the style has gone completely down the pan. I think they're just you know real hit and hope now, and yeah so a little bit headless chickens from from them but no I mean you know some nice bits of play, but there wasn't much kind of pattern to it, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> no. Yeah, but as you say, you know, some some good individuals, um, and yeah, mate pretty. I, I actually thought this was in this shot because um, it had a lot of uh, a lot of action on the ball, and uh, Henderson gets a, a good hand on it and pushes it away. Um, talk to me about the penalty. This obviously happened in front of you. What what was your reaction to this?
1: I, I, no way, never been a penalty. I don't understand. Like, what, it, it blew, and I thought. Yeah, he's, he's obviously not going to give a pen. And then he did. It would never been a pen. I, I, can't, I still can't get my head around it.
0: I'm very. I was, I was very confused. I, think my, I was just like, oh no, really? I mean, was it Kevin Friend the referee? Yeah, I Kevin mean,
1: Friend. It was very, I suppose, a slight push, but not. He didn't go out of his way to push him. He sort of, he, he just sort of went that way into into that direction where the player where no, I'm not having it. I'm not having it at all. And I'm not one of these fans who's never been a pen referee with Ruby. I just I can't get my head around now like, we're giving us a pen at all.
0: It was just bizarre. I mean the thing is I, I sort of see, you know, a baller puts his hands on him and the guy falls to the floor and but it just I mean that's that's every header. That's you know, that just happens every time somebody basically runs towards a cross, he's not looking at the attacker. And I just I mean Friend basically gave the softest penalty I think I've seen all season and then spent the rest of the game telling everyone to get to their feet yeah, after yeah, every tackle, yeah. which is just even more inexplicable. So, I mean, the
1: fans on the view from after were fuming with the ref. I didn't include them all because it would have been boring, but they were, <laughs> um, yeah, they, they were, yeah, I think every single fan thought Friend were biased towards what they classed as the bigger club or the Premier League club or whatever. I didn't see it like that at all. I just thought it would have... Pretty weird performance from the from him, rather than bad or or biased or anything like that. There were fouls they were given that never looked like fouls, and then there were other fouls from, from us as well where you mm. just like play on and you were oh, right, fair enough.
0: Yeah, it was a weird one, just a, a really. I mean, you know, the game. I think the game is very different if they if that isn't given and yeah, you know, Pushkus puts it away uh, really nicely, which I saw in your view from uh, that basically rules out Henderson's England chances that he didn't yep. save a penalty according to some really Yeah, fans,
1: of course. So. Yeah. They, were, they were saying he were a, a crap Jordan Pickford all the way through the match as well, which is not not a good thing, is it, in this current climate?
0: <laughs> so, no, that's, uh, that's that's very bad goalkeeping. Really bad insight. Well, yeah, you yeah, looked at
1: the... Uh, we could see after, actually, because they have the the, the uh, screen in the corner. Anderson looked at the penalty after on the replay and sort of slapped his legs as if, oh, I could have got to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, he, he, I no, think he read pen. it. We're a really, really good pen. it would have to dive super early, I think, to get to it. Um, even though, it's, yeah. in, I in hindsight, it's quite telegraphed where it's going to go, but it is right in the corner. So, And I
1: thought that were annoying, because although I don't think we were great, I thought we were so much in control. Yeah. It, it, I think we'd have gone on to win 2-3 or three now.
0: Yeah, or even, you know, like Man City did last night, just, just cruise out a yeah. win where the opposition, you know, barely gets, <laughs> just barely lays a glove on you. I completely agree. That's, that's why I was really maddened by the award. Because it, <laughs> excuse me, it wasn't even like... Um, you know, Reading had got sort of possession around our area, anything like
1: that? No, no, of... I, I was saying all the way through the first half, because like, these, these are really poor to be honest and, and, and disrespectful, but I genuinely thought that I thought they were, I, I didn't see any way where they were going to hurt us unless it were going to be a world, which obviously, you know, you, you can't, you can't really do anything
0: about that, but so to, you
1: know, such a soft pen to get them back in it, get their heads up just before half time. Yeah. Really annoying.
0: Yes. Very frustrating indeed. Um, I have to say, from about an hour onwards, I was resigned to this game going to penalties. Yeah. Um did you do you have any any feelings otherwise or what? It just sort of
1: petered out from both sides, I thought. They weren't really mm-hmm. much uh, you know, they were that long ranger from Freeman, weren't they? hmm Uh and then McGoldrick had a shot ahead of what we've already talked about. I think did I, I think they had no that were an extra time. I don't <laughs> think they had a shot at all, did they, in fact, in the second half.
0: Not really. I mean, you know, this. Even if you watch the highlights now, it's like, oh, they chipped a ball over the top, and the player almost got to it, kind of thing. Was basically the highlight. Yeah, the, I, the, the reason highlight. I know that is
1: because they were getting so excited every time the ball went anywhere near our area, and it didn't really happen that much. <laughs> they, they weren't really getting, you know. They were. I just think we just it, it, we were in control. We had all the possession, but we never really—well, we didn't look like breaking them down at all. But certainly not until McBurney Sharp came on for me. I thought uh, McAldrich and Mu, Moo, well, McMoose in particular, weren't really offering anything. We were really slow. And I don't—I mean, you, I, give me your own opinion on this. Like I said, I've seen after that people say, "Well, we're not too long." I don't think we did.
0: No, I, I don't think we did at all. To be honest, I, I, like I said, I almost. <laughs> I'd almost wish that we had gone a bit longer, to be honest. Yeah, this is what, this Mix is what it
1: what up I thought, a bit. I thought we could have been a little bit more direct at times, I and mean, we probably would have yeah. been more on the pitch. He likes those, like, 40-yard pings, do not he, and stuff. And I think they were keeping it safe, which is understandable. First game in that position and stuff. Um, not going to knock him for that. But, yeah, I do think we could have been a little bit quicker and possibly even a little bit more direct. So I was quite surprised when I saw people say that we they thought we played it long. So I didn't think we did at all. I think we looked sort of laboured and static and too slow. But certainly not direct.
0: No, definitely not. Um, yeah, in terms of changes, so Musée, uh came off after an hour. Um, I thought he was really poor in this game, Musay, and he was. The thing is, I don't. I mean, I don't want to. I, I'm very wary of you know this sort of narrative building around Musay that he's been terrible for a while, which I, I think is completely false. I actually think he's done. You know, really well with limited minutes. He obviously had some. Um... From the be- yeah, against West Ham and stuff, I thought it were really good when he came off the bench. Yeah, he set. Up, you know, he set up the winner against uh, Bournemouth, which was a-, a whole two games ago uh, off the <laughs> bench. Um, you know, he set up what should have been the winner against Watford off the bench. You know, where Fleck, uh, yeah. Foster saved that close range shot. And... Well, it's interesting
1: yeah. you say that because like that Watford game, everyone was screaming, "Why is Moussa not playing?" Why? And then it's only a month later, but a month and a bit later, and everyone's saying. He's lost it. He's rubbish.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I, I mean, look, the there are things that are clearly facts, which is that his fitness levels are not where, not where a Premier League striker should be. That's why he's only playing sixty minutes at a time, even you know, even this far into the season. But we kind of knew that coming into the season, didn't we? You know, he's not. it was, uh, I can't remember whether it was Wilder or whoever, but, you know, it was, it was public knowledge. He'd not had a proper pre-season with Bournemouth before he signed. He's obviously barely played for the last three years in terms of actual first-team football. So that was not news. His, foot, his fitness levels are not there. What I don't like is this, like, oh, he's, his head's not there. He's lazy. Like, I, I just think that's nonsense. I feel, like, I feel like people are sort of going, well, he hasn't scored for, I don't know, two months or something yes, like that but yeah, in yeah. but in reality that's like six games of which most of which has been on the bench because we'd never yeah. play anymore we have like a game every 16 days at the minute it feels like yeah um, it is the lack of games i think as well t- touching on that
1: I, I don't think that helps us at all and i think Jay no. mentioned this on a on a on his twitter account there it, we do always look rusty after a break and we always and, and People say, "Oh, Reading must have be been more tired because they play." I think they played ten games and we have played two in that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I understand that. Yeah, tiredness, and but at the, at the same time, they're also match sharp, and I don't think we looked match sharp at all in that game.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, yeah, the only really struck me watching it, to be honest, I was, you know, and it was why I wanted to see a strong team. You know, the mm. fact that we've got Norwich in in four days' time, I was like, well. These guys haven't played for weeks. Like we've had like one game in three weeks or something like that. because like, oh, yeah. it know, seems you... like mcgoldrick has
1: been out for months, and he has. But in, I think he's only missed like five, six games,
0: aren't
1: Maybe not even that.
0: Similar <sighs> like that, yeah. It's 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 get takes some getting used to this Premier League business, doesn't mm. it? Especially when you chuck in uh, an FA Cup run and uh, winter break as well. But... but can
1: you imagine if we weren't in cup? I mean, wow! If we'd have got knocked out, say in the first round, third round, or whatever,
0: I'd have I mean... to. Uh... Start following another team. I think. Now that, I know that. I want to say, yeah, we would have had nothing. Yeah, it'd have been awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm super wary of that with Musa because I, I don't know. I feel like I, I don't want to create a straw man here, but I do feel like some fans of of all football teams really, are constantly trying to sort of fit almost a psychological narrative onto things of like, oh, Summit's gone off behind the scenes or, you know, his head's gone, he do not care, he's thinking about his next move or it's too cold, he can't wait for his holiday or something like that. And I just, I don't think there's any evidence of that at all. I no. just think he was he was bad in this game against a team that was really deep. He, you know, he hasn't started a game for a while and it looked like it. The ball was bouncing off him. He was trying... I don't say trying too hard, but he was you know, shooting from stupid positions when he should be passing but I don't want to overlook the fact that he's been generally pretty good in every other cameo in the last few months. He just he just hasn't scored. But then he... I, yeah, I'm glad, because to be honest, I, I think I may,
1: may have fallen into that narrative to a certain degree of uh, he's been poor for a while, Moose. And as you sort of spell it out there, it's not really true. It's not strictly true at all. He's done some bad things in, in, in games. The back heel against City, for instance, where he should have passed it. And he's, there's, you know, there's certain things where he's lost the ball in decent areas. But that's the first time he started for a... For a long while and yeah. he would poor against Arsenal away, to be fair. Yeah. He didn't play well against Arsenal. And that was his last start. So but when he's come off the bench, he has undoubtedly made an impact in most of the games.
0: I think so. Um, I mean, I'm just looking now. So let's go from let's go from Boxing Day. On, so Boxing Day was Watford, uh, as I say, almost set up. The, well, he set up what should have been the winner, and that was a, yep. a phenomenal run as well. If you remember, you know he picked the ball up it's, in his own that's half. The, that's why he's on the bench because he does what no one
1: else can do. That that run, that sort of run with that pace.
0: Yeah, Man City away, he had the ball in the net, and you know he had a couple other really good chances as well. And yeah, you know well. he didn't take them, but the fact he was getting in those, you know, we didn't have anyone else, and we still don't have anyone else. Who would have got on the no. end of those chances. Liverpool away completely ineffective. The entire team was ineffective. Um, West Ham at home, he had a yeah good, decent cameo I think off the yeah, bench. Yeah, I think he
1: played well when he came on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Arsenal away ineffective. Man City at home, half an hour at the end. I don't remember anything from that at all. I thought he did well off the bench against Palace. You know, he, he really stretched the pitch and it was a yeah. really impressive substitute appearance set up the winner in 15 minutes against Bournemouth, and then he, he didn't get on against Brighton, and then he was poor last night. So, I mean, it's yeah. I'm not saying he's been amazing, but uh, I, I I'm resisting hard this idea that he's been terrible and like, that's it now, get rid, time yeah. to move on. I mean, we may well move on. We may well be like, look, he's done well for us, but... We need someone who can play ninety minutes twice a week. That's the and thing; it's
1: not his performances for me. It's whether he gets that fitness up. And we've yes. said all along with a preseason behind him, he could be frightening. Mm. But I don't know how realistic that is, given how he was at Bournemouth with his uh, fitness issues and stuff. Because their fans are saying exactly the same. We're saying exactly mm. the same as we're saying now. So it's all up to you know it's up to the player. and It's up to Wilder to to try and get get the maximum out of this player who could become. He's got everything, i not he? We've said it for ages. He, mm-hmm. He's undoubtedly our most sort of exciting striker. He's undoubtedly got the more tools than any other of our strikers. But it's all about the the fitness and the mentality, I think.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that that is an entirely fair comment and criticism. Um, and there's you know evidence to back that up that yeah. he's still clearly not at a level of fitness that we we need him to be. But I guess that is possibly why we had the opportunity to sign him for what now looks like pretty much peanuts to be honest yeah like 10 million or whatever it was um so yeah he came off McBurney came on um mcburnie actually played for an hour and i don't feel like he was brilliant but yeah was, i thought he was, he was fine, all right again i've
1: seen a lot of criticism of him he's, he's the go-to criticism man anyway and things are, are not not going well at the moment but i don't think he was bad at all uh some people say no oh, he was just jogging around i disagree with that thought i put effort in he would just you know again it were he certainly held the ball up far far more than Moose they did. Put it that way, and he, and he he didn't look a threat or anything like that. But he's held up play decent. I had it six out of ten for me.
0: Yeah, that it was fine. You know, in in a game that was as you say was completely petering out, it wasn't like I was tearing my hair out at what he was doing and all no, like no, that. No. Um, Sharp came off from a gold in the seventy ninth minute, uh, and we will definitely talk about Sharp in a second. But just to tick mm-hmm. off a few other things. Uh Berger came off in the 99th minute in extra time for Jack Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was quite... Uh, I mean, it, it was what I wanted to see from Berger. I wanted to see him play where Norwood plays in this game. And, you know, as you say, he, he didn't have that passing range. And, you know, I think when you're really scrutinising a player, which I'm sure 99% of United yeah. fans are at the moment because this is this big new signing that we're all excited about and you know he's playing in the Champions League and da, 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 da. and yeah we all sort of focusing on everything he does and when you do that you notice every little thing he does wrong <laughs> and uh, you know there were a couple of things weren't there where he sort of uh, there's one where he kind of miscontrolled it out on the far yeah. side I mean I, I you know I feel bad for even highlighting these to be honest because I think if you watched if you randomly selected any player you would find five or six things they did at yeah, the yeah, game yeah, where, yeah. You, where you almost had a chuckle to yourself of like oh that was pretty bad for a professional yeah, footballer yeah. You know, and then there is that one to Osborne in, might have been in extra time or the second half, where actually I think was partially Osborne's fault as well. He was really on his heels, and Berger was trying to sort of lead the. I thought he looked pitcher, knackered but... after
1: about eighty minutes. To be completely honest,
0: I mean, it's but... by far his longest appearance, isn't it? I think. I, uh, did he? Yeah. No, he hasn't played ninety minutes before. No, this he's three. not. No, he's come off about the seventieth
1: minute every game on far. Or...
0: Yeah, so I, I agree. Definitely faded, but I thought some. You know, it, it was it was what I've been wanting to see from him. I guess you know a lot of like nice little twists away from players he's a hard man to dispossess you know with his size I think he uh I I don't have his stats in front of me but I think he completed all his all his dribbles his passing accuracy was (laughs) was very high as you say there wasn't those kind of 40 yard pings but there were a couple of bits of play where he just twists away from someone and then you know, on his on his weaker foot, just swings it all the way across the pitch, and we're suddenly breaking away down the left. That kind of thing difficult
1: so... as well with how deep they were. It'd have been interesting <laughs> if we'd have kept him out after half time, and they'd have had to come out a lot more. How he'd have performed then, you know, with a bit more space to run into and things.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd like to have seen him try. I don't know, try and be a bit more. I guess progressive with his passing. Yeah, I, I and... think
1: you were too safe, but yeah. I understand that at the same time as well. I think that. You know, if they're sort of trying to spray balls around, they're going straight out of play, they've got even more criticism, haven't they? So, I
0: understand,
1: you know, new role and everything. Um, Well, for us, a new role. Um, It's just trying to keep it ticking over, really.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, if you look at like that Newcastle home game, I mean, Norwood, in that one, I remember we were all going bananas because it was like, just, you know, can you just try and pass it through? Can we actually get it to our forwards? You know, that was another one where he was like, Super safe with the ball and just seemed like he could barely pass it yeah. from midfield into attack. So, similar kind of situation, but I think. You, know, you know
1: what he reminded me of, and he's not got to these levels yet or anything like that, but he reminded me more of Coots than uh, Norwood, actually, mm. that ball. He's stronger, you know, he's a, he's a bigger guy. I think he's got more sort of, a little bit more pace about him on the ball in terms of running with the ball than Norwood. You don't really see Norwood run with the ball, do you, at all? He's no, normally no. getting passage straight off, and I, he reminded me more of Coutts in that role than Norwood. To be honest, he's, he's not at that level yet, and I'm not comparing him to how good Coutts was before his injury. But that's what he reminded me of more than
0: Norwood. Nice Champions League quality Coots. Yeah, that's it. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> it. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, final substitution, just to quickly mention: uh, Panos Retsos comes on in the 105th minute, which. I'm reliably informed it's the first time in our history that we've had a fourth substitute in a yeah. competitive game because it's obviously a... he had an interesting ten minutes, didn't he? <laughs> did, do you know? I didn't really notice him apart from him getting booked. What, what, what was your he, take I think away? his
1: first contribution was he got the ball, just ballooned it in the air. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't really know what we were playing. He just seemed to have like a free roll, like the Basham free roll in front of the yeah. defence, didn't I?
0: It was definitely not in defence. Yeah, he was playing. I mean, he came off a of Luke Freeman, so he was playing sort of just in midfield. Yeah, I guess. he would do it like I say with the Basham just run around role. I think I didn't really. Um... I don't really know what we were doing, to be honest, formation-wise, because obviously Robinson's a defender. He came on for Berger. who was playing mm-hmm. midfield, the field. And then, yeah, so it's a bit confusing. But anyway, we get to the, the key moment, uh, and that is, of course, Billy Sharp. Yes. So we're, we're once again thankful for Sharp's incredible predatory instinct. So in, in injury time at the first half of extra time, lovely bit of play by Luke Freeman, drives into the box, gets his crossover to the far post, and, of course, Sharp is there. Of course he's unmarked. And, of course, he heads it into the back of the net, and that ultimately proved the winner. Um, and, yeah, I, I want to uh, have a, a, a quick sort of chat about Sharp here. I mean, there's there's so much to sort of say, I suppose, but I think it's his fourth goal in his last three trips to the Modeski Stadium. I think he scored two in that super snowy game mm, a couple of years ago. He's got got one last year. He scored again. Obviously, he used to play for Reading, so it's the... Uh, the classic. Oh, I think he scored against, against
1: his... them in the last four games he's played. He didn't play against them last season at home in the four 0
0: Yeah, uh, that's right.
1: So that one, Medine and Hogan up front. Um, mm-hmm. And but he scored against them in the in the the game before uh, the two one win when Koo scored scored that Worlder. Oh Jeez, I can't
0: even remember that. I remember Coot scoring. Yeah, Sharp. I think Sharp
1: Schott made it two 0 uh, in that game. So he's, they hate him, don't they? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, there was this, uh, I mean, this this social media clip afterwards of... Um, I mean, I don't know his first name, actually. Morrison, the defender for mm. Reading. Uh, let me look that up. It's M. Morrison. What's his first name? Michael Morrison. I mean, so as I understand it, uh, Sharp is essentially telling one of the Reading players, um, Morrison's not very good. I'll score past him every time. And it appears that he does. Now what's the beef here? Any idea? I mean, I know he used to play for Wednesday, but he played like twelve games in twenty eleven. Is it what any idea what's going on here?
1: No, I remember I do remember him playing for him, but I, I can't remember a single thing that he did or who the manager was or anything, to be honest. But I do remember him playing for him. So I think did he go to Charlton?
0: Yeah, play for Charlton. Yeah, because I, I remember he went to
1: Charlton games. and I think he had a bit of a decent spell there. And I always remember like a couple of Wednesday fans were saying, we're rubbish for us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's it. Then maybe it's uh, maybe he has just always scored past Morrison. Yeah. Whenever he's uh, been playing. Um, but yeah, that was it. Was slightly surprising to see him that angry. I suppose. Um, it was fuming few Then we saw, obviously, we were, we, we were there. So just before the full
1: time whistle went, they they had a head to head. Like Sharp went out of his way to run up to, him, and I thought, oh no, he's going to get sent off here because he looked furious. And they had like a head to head together. Then the full time whistle blew, and then obviously the the clip came out afterwards. So.
0: Hmm. Interesting, yeah. I, I, I wonder what's uh, what has indeed gone on there, mm. if anything. Whether it's just in a in a grump. And uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I wanted to just segue here quickly to talk about the uh, the the one of our own podcast which uh, came out this week. Yeah, I just uh, I just wanted to shout it out. I mean, I'm sure everyone's probably listened to it by now, but if you haven't, you really should because it is fantastic. I'm always a little bit, particularly with active players, as in ones that are still playing. I'm always a little bit hesitant to listen to interviews, and I, I totally applies, agree. Applies to all sports, to be honest. So many times I've skipped like athlete interviews on podcasts that I listen to. I don't like, listen
1: to our player interviews ever because it's just the and understandably so, it's the same old. Yeah, we're going to try and win, and you know, yeah, everything's yeah. amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, but this is a, a genuinely fascinating eighty minutes or so, however long it is. I mean, is there anything? Uh, anything in particular you wanted to kind of pull out of it well obviously the, the big thing is obviously when he's talking about the
1: uh, passing of his child um mm. that's awful uh, it's it's a hard listen that um yeah i was sort of uh, i actually i was listening to it uh, in the bath really relaxing and i am like oh no i got a bit down to be honest but yeah, yeah i know it's really honest They're coming out about that 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 whole bit of that uh, you know it's obviously an awful time he said you know, it's really interesting to hear what actually went on behind the scenes as well. Uh, at that, yeah. I don't want to ruin it for everyone, or spoil it, but that—that's the standout moment. But even the stuff, you know, when he's talking about how he signed for United, uh, I found that really interesting. You know, the, the second time mm. uh, when Brian, he, he were obviously set to sign for Wolves, weren't he? By the by the looks of it, and then he just got—we fo- weren't even in for him, were we? And then next minute he's, he's outside, you know, with a scarf uh, in Bramall Lane getting his picture took so, yeah, it yeah. really, really is uh, worth a listen, I w- the only thing i a little bit uh, I want to, I'd i like to hear more about what happened when he left, because he sort of skimmed over that, I don't know if you felt like yourself Do you know how many left the first, the second time?
0: Uh, yeah, Black, I don't remember I,
1: I'm sure much. there was some something in him and Blackwell maybe and didn't get on or something because he seemed to disappear quite quickly that season but, yeah, the rest, he's definitely worth listening, one of the best player podcasts I've I've ever heard because normally I, these sort of podcasts that open and that interesting come after you know the careers yes. finish on them under the posh podcast and stuff where people can get away with saying anything and it's uh, good to see that I don't know and I think he, he seems really sort of and I, I agree with what he was saying that he's, he, he said he feels fitter than ever and I think he's mm. looking better than ever as an all-around player.
0: I think so yeah. I mean I, I, probably the biggest compliment I can pay to this is uh, as a, as a piece of content if you like um just to you know kind of put aside the emotional weight of it for a, just a moment but is is that somebody who is not a united fan could listen to this and mm-hmm. uh, get quite a lot out of it i think i mean it's you know it, a footballer kind of detailing his his career story is not all, you know oh, i started at this club and yeah. i worked really hard and you know the older people used to take the mick out of me and you know make me clean their boots and all that kind of stuff but is actually his journey as a footballer you know, starting at his his boyhood club but then having having to leave and, and all that and his kind of relationship with his dad and stuff. I thought it was really, really fascinating and, you know, just yeah, so much so many interesting little tidbits about I guess the evolution of him as a as a person, I suppose. I mean, yeah, you mentioned the you know the the tragic loss of his son. I was yeah. um yeah, I was running while I was listening to this and I, I almost had to stop. I was like, oh my God, that's you know, I I, I really I think it's incredible credit to to Sharp that he's, it's kind of willing to be so open, uh, talking about not only I guess you know what happened, but also how we dealt with it. I was really, you know, when he said he was, he, when he said it was selfish of him to play football, I, yeah. I was, I, I don't know what what word describes my emotion there, but I was just like, what? How how is it selfish? Yeah. And, and, then, then the way he talked about it, it's just like, yeah, it was, it was super emotional, and it's clearly um, still there, uh, and understandably so. You know, obviously,
1: luckily, I, we've never gone through that um, ourselves. I, I, it must take you forever, but the fact that he's still so raw in his mind, and I think it, it, it but, you know, it changed him, didn't it, as a person, and, and, and arguably for the better. You know, he obviously did become more mature as a, as a person and a player. And I don't think you ever forget that um, those sort of things, and they all sort of add up to the character you've become and what he's become because I don't I think he said himself that like, when he became captain he never expected himself to become a captain did he?
0: Yeah. I? yeah think all I the,
1: the tragedy <clears throat> he went through and everything has, has sort of shaped him into the the ambassador is what he is I think for Sheffield United now
0: yeah it's uh, it's an amazing list and I really you know I really appreciate that um he was you know willing to talk about it I guess and that he you know the club have kind of Almost produced it in its in its raw format, if you like, and mm. presumably Sharp was all right with that. I mean, you know, I think eventually they just sort of said, "Should we just take a quick break?" kind of thing. And mm. yeah, it's it's, it's not quite not I'm surprised it's not gone se- viral that bit actually. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I think just generally it's an interesting uh, 80 minutes or so, as I mm. said. So, yeah, definitely worth checking out. I mean, can I do
1: yeah, uh, just- a double segue here and say that's going to be my Dem Blades man of the match.
0: No, that's that's fine because I was probably going to nominate him as well, actually. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, yeah, I did want to just say actually, Paul Walker, really good interviewer. Mm. I I, I really, you know, uh, I I appreciate the way he moves that along. It's very much not a uh, here is a list of questions I have for you, Billy, and we're going to go through them in chronological order. He, uh, you know, he he drills into things when they, you know, possibly uh, will be interesting for the listener and, um, yeah, handles handles the discussion around what is, you know, clearly and absolutely it, it almost doesn't feel like an interview
1: at times because it feels like it's just two people who are mates talking, you know, and I and yeah. think he gets the best out of the show. He, does, he did brilliantly with the Wilder interview. I've not heard the Curry one, to be honest, but hmm. the Wilder interview, I think we're really good in that as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just, just hats off to the club again for giving us this much access, you know. I mean, this is not something I would ever have imagined, even like three or four years ago, that he's... You know, here is an active player in the Premier League. He's our current captain, and he's, you know, he's, he's laying at all bare. He's talking about some. You know, yeah. When he's talking about his, his managers at Leeds, you know, there's the guy he can't even <laughs> yeah, be bothered even to remember, his remember his the name, name of. Cause he, <laughs> and he just says, oh, he were useless, and then just moves on. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. I realise it was
1: David Hockaday who signed him at Leeds as well, which, yeah, I thought, what a name, what a blast from the past that name was. I've not heard that name for a while.
0: David Hockaday. No, I've, I've completely. I must have not not sort of twigged that as I was listening to. It. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a great listen. Um, and yeah, it's, I think he's uh, definitely deserving of a nomination for the award that we will now talk about. So that is the Demblades Alternative Man of the Match, sponsored by the Demblades Fanzine. Uh, you know the sponsors pick their real man of the match from the game, and we pick our alternative one, who we we think deserves some credit as well. So you're putting uh, you're putting Billy Sharp forward for this I year, am, yeah, if you he, want to expand yeah. upon Not that, just
1: for that as well, yeah. I mean the the fact that I think before January, 8th, and everyone was talking about is he going to leave? Is he going to leave? And we all wanted him to stay, but I don't think any of us could have uh, really predicted the. Impact he was going to have uh, from you know in, in in the month of January and February. because I think he's been easily our most dangerous striker in you know? and, and he's got to be like he's got to be a first teamer again, has not he? And I never thought that. And again, it just shows the if he'd have gone in January, I think we'd have all said fair play to him. We're never going to get into our team realistically. I'd have liked to see him on the bench. Blah blah blah. The fact that he's arguably the first name on the team sheet well, on the striking uh, department anyway. Massive credit to him for coming back and being patient and being professional.
0: Yeah. No, it's a it's a hell of an effort, and yeah, I, yeah, I, I definitely thought he was. I, I mean, I never thought he'd leave in January, but certainly, you know, down to kind of fourth, fifth choice striker at that point. So, yeah, he's uh, you know he's taken his taken his chance and, and really impressed. So, yeah, I, I expect he'll be starting fitness wise mm-hmm. for uh, a good while. Yeah, I, um, I thought it looked so much more dangerous with him as well. I, I, he
1: only had two proper shots. You know, he had the the, the one where it was bouncing an extra time after he just scored, and obviously the header for the goal but he's always there isn't he he's always a threat especially against championship defences I still think he'd be getting 20 goals a season in any decent championship team
0: I I find it hard to disagree with that when he he scored uh, 20 odd last season (laughs) in a decent team and he missed like
1: the last 7 games or something through injury didn't he I think he came back a little bit towards the end but
0: yeah, spot on. Um, yeah, I think he also we should also mention his, his gold celebration, uh, a weird chicken dance, which is mm. entirely because his eldest son, uh, who is a FIFA fan, asked him to do it, basically, and it's a celebration from FIFA. So I look forward to, to <laughs> something truly random in a in a few weeks if he scores yeah, again. Yeah, he's had
1: a few good celebrations, aren't he? Obviously with the, uh, the Mr. So- Sarko thing and all that. Yeah.
0: yeah, so I look forward to the, the Dying fish celebration, where <laughs> dude just chucks himself on the floor, which is the one I always do because I used to annoy my brother. So
1: yeah,
0: just basically run headlong into the goalkeeper and just do oh, the. Before, if he, if it he it does and...
1: go back to Man United next season, I want to see Henderson score as well. Just before you <laughs> before
0: leave, just see what his <laughs>
1: celebrations like.
0: <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah, maybe he'll just be like really professional and just be like, "Yep." Yeah. Standard expected to score. Oh, maybe, every or maybe if,
1: time. We, if we beat Arsenal, a penalty shootout. Um, you know, yeah. he saves the last penalty. That, that's what I want to see. I want to see him go absolutely mad, jumping into the fans and everything.
0: <laughs> it might, it might be too much emotion for him to handle. Just walk straight off. Yeah, like, like, yeah. yeah. or just be so supremely confident by that point. Like, well, of course, I saved the winning penalty. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. What, what more would you expect? Um, it's a great shout as a nomination. Uh, I will. Mention a couple of other players um, that I think deserve some attention. I think you could very reasonably ca- make the case that Ben Osborne was the man of the match mm. in this game. Um, we haven't talked about him yet, so we'll talk about him here. Uh, really good, I thought. Uh, yeah. Not not perfect, and definitely, I definitely felt the lack of Ender Stevens a couple of times. Um, you know, I kind of mentioned that understanding. I guess you know, there's definitely a few times where uh, I can't remember who, but somebody in a sort of um, it might have been Luke Freeman, it might be McGoldrick. It was kind of it just kind of got clogged up in the left channel where you know that Stevens yeah, had been yeah. in a different position and you know we kind of had to check and wait for Osborne to sort of sort his feet out a little bit. But overall, really good. I think he had. Um, You've five got to remember, chances.
1: Stevens had been, but Stevens first season yeah. in that role were pretty similar, you know, in terms of it weren't quite happening where it and stuff. So I'm not gonna. I think uh, in the last two games, I've become so much more safe. Stevens is out for a couple, you know, feeling more yeah. safe in that position.
0: And, you know, he had a bit of work to do defensively. As I said, Meite was uh, a handful. He's obviously about twice his size as well. Um, I thought, he, you know, there was a, a couple of really good bits of defensive work from Osborne. But, yeah, on the ball, very good. I think he had five chances created, which was the most for us. Obviously, got the assist for the opening goal. He had the, the cross that McGoldrick headed over in the second half as well. And,. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good performance, as you say. No, uh, you know, off the back of that and um Brighton, the previous game. Yeah. He I was my man, Stevens... man of the match. He was definitely my man of the match. That's fair. Stevens is uh well, Wilder says that Stevens will be fit for Norwich, which in, in wilder speak means uh two more weeks, I think. So we'll we'll see on that <laughs> one. But but if he's uh if Stevens is, is not available then uh I'm pretty pretty comfortable with Osborne. He's, he's um, yeah, it was a good performance. The other one I want to mention, uh, Luke Freeman, I thought was decent as well. He's you know he's a bit of a victim of circumstances, Freeman, isn't he? he? Is. That, you know he's, he's not going to get ahead of Fleck. Fleck's been unbelievable, and you know we're we're very Wilders very particular about um, left foot right foot balance. Yeah, this we, is I'm going to
1: bring this up actually with Freeman that there is a case I've seen from some people, understandable that is not really pulling up any trees, probably really poor again against Redding. Um it's not quite happening yet for Burger in that position. Besich seems to have disappeared. Is there a shout for to, to break the balance and have two left, you know, left sided players uh, as that you know in that central role? I, I don't know if it'll work myself, but I think he's certainly in terms of performances at this particular moment is I think he's our third best midfielder in terms of, you know, how they play in inform. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah,
0: I need yeah. I need think about that a bit more. But yeah, I don't see us I don't see us breaking what's been successful. No, I mean, no, this is the other thing. We've been, you know, <laughs> we're eighth in the Premier League, and we're only eighth because we didn't play at the weekend. We won win off fifth. Uh, um, yeah, I, guess I, I saw
1: some fans saying, you know we need to go back to this Duffy role now because we're you know we're not um, we're not creating enough and stuff like that." Our form is amazing. I don't know why people think it. Isn't. We I think we've won three out of the last four. We've lost four in the last twenty. I think it is. Like I, you that. can't you know what i mean you can't be it's a, it's a i think it's a silly time to go back to the duffy roll or even think about like changing what we're doing because so
0: i i, I looked this up yesterday um because you know we've talked about it as well like you know are we uh you know are we less aesthetically pleasing yeah are we are we going a bit more direct recently and so since january the first which is an entirely arbitrary selection but it's just just what have went with, we played seven yeah. games, we've got 11 points, which is 1.57 points per game. Before that, we had 29 points from 20, which is 1.45 points mm-hmm. per game. So, actually, in this smaller sample since the turn of the year, we've actually got more points per game than previous to that. And two of those seven games were against City and Liverpool. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you, you can't argue with the effectiveness. I, I don't, I mean, I'm, you know, maybe it would take our game to another level if we suddenly changed formation and went back to this. Having a number ten, but um, I don't think it's necessary, and I, I don't think it'll happen. Apart, and from... I
1: do understand what people are saying. And, you know, I'm not blind. That Pal- uh, Palace away were pretty poor with the ball. We didn't mm-hmm. use we, the first half an hour against Bournemouth, We were pretty poor with the ball. We probably could have worked. You know, we should have probably created more against Brighton. But at the same time, it is working. There's no getting away. I mean, on the view from it I got the view from Arsenal. I don't know if you've read it yet. The uh,
0: uh, no, I only got a chance to skim it so far. Yeah,
1: yeah. the FA Cup draw, one of them said, "Oh, these uh, Sheffield United are not in great form." And I, 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 saw I that. did, you know, I, I don't normally do this really on Twitter when something I get comments, but I responded to this guy and said, "What are you talking about? You know, we've lost four in 20. He Because oh, I'm on about performances, mate. Your performances aren't being very good. It's like, well, you know, I, I, how how'd you say, I, I, you know, how can you say that realistically when we've we've lost four in twenty
0: games? Well, I, I don't know what you're you're after. Yeah. I oh, know it's uh, to me. Uh, just, I just I just want to see winning football. Uh, yeah. And if, if you know, if we have to be, I mean, the blackwell era. Oh well, let's be honest. We're not. No, you know. not exactly. No, there's still uh, there's still a lot to enjoy in our games, and also I like I like winning games as well, which is you know generally what we've done mm. quite a lot of recently. I mean, I saw I've seen some things with Berger, like oh, you know. It's, uh, the the team isn't as good with him in it and it's like well i on gone we've <laughs> seven points from nine games and, yeah. and and won the cup tie that he played as well like. yeah 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 we're undefeated
1: um, with him in the t- him, uh, since he came into the squad actually
0: <laughs> it's like the reverse Lundstrom where we, <laughs> we never won with Lundstrom in so yeah bizarre um but yeah Luke Freeman just to return to him yeah I thought he was uh, it was you know everything he could have done to be honest for someone who's a, a fringe player is you know barely featured in the last uh, well all season long to be honest. Good long range shot, obviously sets up the uh, the winning goal as well. I think he has, uh, yeah, his his run kind of creates space for the opening goal as well. Yeah, yeah. He's um, he's a hard man to, to stop in terms of crossing. I think mm. you know he, he always gets his cross away because he's very skillful. You know, he's a bit like Duffy is very good at just creating that little bit of space. Um, so yeah,
1: I uh, I like to like say it's just like it's just too. not quite as good as Fleck. Well, not as, yeah. good as Fleck. You know, you can't. That's not a slight on him, you know. Flex being one of the best midfielders, arguably in the Premier League this year. So, what yeah. can you, you know, it's not a. I, I'm happy to have him. I hope we don't sell him next season. Put it that way.
0: Yeah, and he's, oh, he's still like 27, 28. Yeah. You know, it's going to get better with us, even if he's not playing. I think that's generally what we mm. uh, what we see from players under Wilder. So, yeah, it's good effort by him, but I think, yeah, unanimous alternative man of the match. Is had a uh, a very active week, I suppose, uh, Mr. Sharp. So, he's, he's definitely my winner of the Demblades Alternative Man of the Match for this week. So, that word is brought to you by the Demblades fanzines, the sponsor of this podcast. The first edition of 2020 is out this month in March and it looks at the past and present of the Blades. Uh, it features interviews with Michael Doyle, Neil Collins, Seth Bennett, and many more, plus tons of great features written by Blades for Blades. You can pre order issue five and subscribe for the whole of 2020 by visiting denblaze.co.uk. And in fact, as it's World Book Day today, they do have a £1 off discount as well using the code WORLDBOOKDAY when you buy at the checkout. So all the more reason to go and check it out. All right, buddy, so we managed to talk for almost an hour about uh, a fairly drab pick-up tie there, but there you go. Um, The draw took place last night. Uh, Regrettably, our City neighbours are not in it. And we're drawn at home to Arsenal. Now, I don't know about you, but that is... Close to my perfect draw, I think that yep. is a proper bring that one on. What was your, what do you think when that one came out of the hat? I want a Newcastle because
1: I think they're the worst team in it, but at the same time, it'd have been horrible to lose a quarter final to Newcastle and the way they play and how, how horrible I don't they are. See
0: Newcastle ever again at Bramall Lane?
1: Yeah, again, I yeah, so I, I, yeah. So if you're gonna, the, there's no easy games in it now because the, if Man U win, which they probably will, there's going to be eight Premier League sides, and mm-hmm. is it the top 15 in the league? Well, Norwich got, got through, didn't they?
0: Yeah, if, if Spurs had got through, it would have been... Ah, oh, bugger, I wish I'd got this tweet in front of me, but uh, Daniel Storey tweeted this yesterday. It would have been the something like the first time since the 1800s where oh. the final eight is from the top 15 places in the uh, in the top tier. Here we are. Uh, so, yeah, uh, so let's assume Manu get through. If Spurs had got through, uh, the lowest-ranked team would have been Newcastle in 14th. It would have been the first time since eighteen ninety four ninety five right. that, that yeah. happened. One of one of which was the Wednesday, no less. The Wednesday, yeah, yeah, man. Um, but yeah, so yes, you are right. So it's a very strong field. So yeah, you were Newcastle or North. Well, I yeah, suppose the draw I think my, happened if, before if you have asked me, through. I said Newcastle at home. And then
1: obviously Norwich Tottenham still played Norwich or Tottenham at home, and then Arsenal at home. That would have been, so. You know, I am not going to. I am happy with it. Yeah, and they're quite happy about it as well, judging by the view from their team. To a bit. And people are getting quite irate about this from our fans, saying, "You know, how oh, dare they? We have took four points off them and stuff." But I think they're thinking it like we're thinking about it. You don't really want City, you don't really mm. want Chelsea. Man United, and you know, they're they're not a good side really by Man United standards, but they can still punish you, especially if you get them away. So from their mm. point of view, it's it's you know, it's, it could have been a lot worse. And I think that's what their fans are saying. For us, yeah. it's. Yeah, one of the best draws, I think, being at home. I mean, if you were away at Arsenal, you'd be thinking, mm, yeah, it's going to be really tricky that. But at home, it's going to be a full house, you have thought. Hopefully, it's a night game. I don't think it'll be on a Saturday because Wednesday's at home on Saturday, uh, that Saturday. So I'm hoping yeah, it's going to be a, a, a late, either a Friday night or a, or a Sunday evening.
0: Horrible feeling it's going to be Sunday lunchtime. I don't there. want no. to. Be, that's just, yeah. That's just crap for everybody. Isn't I'd like it? To, I if,
1: mean, he's gonna, if he's going to be a Sunday, let's have it half 5 6 or something.
0: Yeah, I don't they to do that though. I need to. I, I I can't remember what the sort of timings were for last year. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess they wouldn't do uh, an evening Saturday evening game, would they? With the uh, Wednesday being at home. No, at I don't think. PM, they it, so. Because
1: obviously, like you say, I, I mean, like I say, I think it'll be a sellout as well. So it's not. Uh, I don't know Wednesday's got that weekend actually, but I know uh, West out.
0: Brom at home. West
1: Brom, yeah. So they, you know, that's going to be a you know West Brom will probably sell that out as well. So he's probably going to yeah. be pretty much. Uh, yeah. So I think that. Um, yeah, I think that we we're looking at. I mean, I don't think they do Monday nights for quarterfinals. So I think, the best bet for us would probably be a Friday night, wouldn't it?
0: They should do Monday nights. If they don't, I was discussing this earlier. Yeah. Should do fr- Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Make a make a proper proper weekend of it. Yeah. No no clashes. Anything like that that would yet. be amazing. That because there's still Premier league games going on as well. So. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I,
1: I, I, as for the draw, we can definitely win it. They're going to be favourites, obviously. It's not like, oh, yeah, we're in the semi-final, but it should be an amazing game like, with the atmosphere and stuff like that. I think so. I and mean, it goes straight to pens, doesn't it? Uh, extra time and penalty. Yeah, so he's yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. not Never a player really or anything
0: like that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a fantastic cup tie, I think, because Arsenal's season, I mean, they have a... They have an outside chance of making the Europa League, I suppose, yeah. as in in terms of qualifying it for it again. But they have nothing else to play for. They're just going to finish mid table. Otherwise, They're obviously got knocked out by Olympiakos of the Europa League yep. of the week. All all focusing for them. I mean, you know, no no team should need extra motivation for a chance to get to a semi final of the FA Cup, anyway. Nah. To be honest, but um, very winnable game. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see just as a bit of a sidebar. I'm interested to see what we do with ticket pricing. Um, I would hope that we're, you know, kind of. Am I am I insane for thinking this could be like twenty pounds for adults or something like it's that? It's interesting
1: on that because this will be the first big game I think since the Prince has had sole charge, and I don't know how much he has to do with the, you know, the hands-on ticketing pricing and stuff, but. I don't know. Maybe a, maybe an insight into what we're looking at next year for season ticket price and stuff. So I know there's a few people worried about them going on, but we'll see. Mm. You know, yeah, I, I think I'd love it to be twenty pound because it'll. Well, I think it probably will sell out at thirty though. To be honest,
0: I think it probably would, but like you know, the difference that that makes to the club's bottom line between twenty and thirty is 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 bog all really. I mean, and also this is a this is an unexpected game. You know, we didn't we weren't budgeted for a, a quarter final FA Cup tie. I doubt at the start of the season. So. I just think, I think this is, you know, and it's, um, well, I'm not sure I'll work with, I assume season ticket holders will be given the opportunity to kind of claim this. Yeah yeah, like. yeah, yeah, um But you would think this would be a game where more people will have availability of tickets and, yeah, if you can do 20 quid, I think that's I think that's just a, I think that's just good for the long-term, like, future of the fan base, future of the club, to be yeah, honest. So uh, I, hope, I hope we're, comp- you know, I hope we're pretty charitable with our ticket prices. 20 quid seems fair for a you know a game like this i think that's like big demand you get a lot of people you know maybe maybe going for the first time at that kind of price you mm-hmm. know being much more affordable so we'll see It'll probably be 35 quid now something ridiculous when yeah it, now i've said it um i'm just be looking on the wednesday forum by the way just to see if they said it, if they've heard
1: anything like about their game being moved there's a bit of talk that maybe their game might get moved to friday night so you never know it could be on a saturday but i can't yeah. see
0: it i was gonna say their their season's over it's, it's a shame they're playing west Brom. if they were playing like well I don't know Reading or something like that just just move it I mean, yeah. know, let, let the big boys have their, uh, have their time yeah. in the sunshine you saying now? The season's
1: over. if you get these 12 points
0: not tough it's going to be a massive relegation but I mean, <laughs> that's got to be done soon not it so, but anyway yeah good point um, Arsenal uh, we'll, we'll obviously talk about them in much more detail when this game comes around in a couple of weeks I haven't really improved under Arteta I mean I was looking at looking they at think this they, they
1: are, were I don't think they've lost in. is it 10 away games they've not lost for
0: uh, maybe. must be a lot of draws. I am gonna say so... they have drawn
1: an awful lot. And I saw them against Everton last week and they weren't great, to be honest.
0: They are the Yes yeah, I mean they've only won two away games all season, so mm. a decent effort if so. What, I, mean, what yeah.
1: are the... I could be it could be wrong, it's one of the quotes on the view for saying why are people still worried about our away form? Um we've we've not lost that in the last ten away games, but as you say, if they've only won two, then they've not won
0: many either. So yeah, their they're last. This only gives the last five on the thing I'm looking at, but they're all draws. Yeah. So they've, they've drawn eight away games. Okay, so um,
1: they've got some amazing players. We've said this before about Arsenal. It's not the It's not a good Arsenal team, but it's still a good side. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, if they're, they're as good as you know Everton or someone like that, or um, you know mm-hmm. another team who might not be on paper like as a glamorous name, but just because it's a bad Arsenal team doesn't mean it's a bad team.
0: No, exactly. I mean this is it. I you know, I went and sort of looked at the split of um Emery to Arteta and you know, they were tenth. That's fine. You know, it's mm. it's not what Arsenal would have wanted no. coming into the season, but it's not like do you remember uh, I think it was Mourinho's last spell at Chelsea where they were actually they were actually like 16 yeah. after about twenty games. Yeah. This isn't that. It's just a uh, you know the the club was not trending in the right direction, if you'll you know, excuse the crappy phrasing. Um <laughs> They were just pure mid-table. I mean, their underlying numbers under uh, Emery, they were 13th for XG, they're 11th for XG against. Since he's took over, not that much better, to be honest. They, if you, so they were 10th under Emery. If you started the season from when Arteta took over, which is 10 games, mm-hmm. they would be 10th in that table. Um, and they're 12th for XG now and 8th for XG against. So they've got slightly better defensively, but. It's not. It's not a ridiculous improvement. I mean, if you do it on a per game basis, they've gone from conceding 1.5 xG per game to 1.34. So mm. they've tightened up very slightly, but only very slightly. I think there's, you know, there's been some kind of easy narratives of like, oh, Arteta, oh, excuse me, Arteta is making them work harder and you know they're more committed and stuff like that. It's like, oh. There's still a bit of same old Arsenal there, isn't there? you know yeah. you watch that Olympia, Olympia Arcos Arcos, Classic Arsenal, yeah. it was so inevitable. I felt like I was watching a replay or something <laughs> from like a previous year. So and then they missed the Mister yeah. right at the end as well. It's just pure Arsenal. Exactly. But it's a bit difficult. They're going to
1: be favourites. Let's not let's not pretend it's a you know a gimme into the semi final or anything like that. It's still going to have to be a uh, top game to uh, to beat them. But yeah, it could have been a lot lot worse. And it's really exciting. Yeah. I think it should be a a really good atmosphere. I'm hoping that's what sort of takes us over the line really the the fact that the you know the atmosphere is going to be amazing
0: yeah i think that's why it is for me possibly the best possible draw because it's a game we as you say arsenal will be favorites but it is a game we can win it's not it's not man city uh, it's a game that we yeah we've already beaten them at home this season we haven't lost in yeah. two games um, so, it, but it's not going to be one that we approach with any kind of complacency whatsoever. As I I don't a fan think on the view from
1: where they seem to think they got cheated out of these points. or so not all of them, obviously, but some of them think they get uh, they got cheated out of the two wins because they should have had a penalty at Bramall Lane and they should have had a penalty at their ground. But I think that's clutching at straws big time.
0: Yes, yes, it really, really is. The thing in the one where Saka dived and Mike Dean booked him. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not it's not a penalty. You don't get a no, penalty. No, they weren't that were the holding in the box. I don't know if you remember. Oh my I god. That it was came, yeah. it? Yeah, well I suppose it happened in the the reading game. Maybe they were right, maybe yeah. they saw the future. No, <laughs> that's nonsense. Um so that's that. That's in a couple of weeks on the week or weekend of the twenty first, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, so still TBD on uh, date, ticketing, etc. So we'll see on that one, but it should be should be a great occasion regardless. Next up Norwich at home in the Premier League on Saturday um, I guess just, just quickly to talk about their season, they're obviously still bottom of the Premier League um, they've had a good week you know. they beat Leicester I mean it was a Leicester without it's a Leicester who was stumbling a bit let's put it yeah, like that, yeah. with no Vardy indeed he's still feeling his way back um, It's great past Birmingham did not
1: they as well yesterday with what seemed to be a pretty strong Leicester team as well
0: yeah, absolutely, um, and obviously Norwich knocked out Spurs on on penalties last night. So it's good good for their game to go all the way to penalties. Mm. Um, they've taken a third of their points against Man City and Leicester this season. Can you believe that? It's insane. Do you know what? Every time I've seen Norwich
1: this season, they play well. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. it's not. This is where we've talked before about last season's teams being the teams who went down being much poorer than the teams who are going to go down this season I think Norwich are you know the the standout case for that they are a good side it's going to be a really 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 tricky game uh, they play amazing football I watched a bit of the Tottenham game yesterday they look knackered towards the end to be honest but just before that they, um, yeah, they were causing Tottenham all sorts of problems and they're really good on the ball but they're always likely to concede as well so
0: yeah, I think you know. I think they are the worst team in the league. I mean, all right, Newcastle are definitely the worst team in the league. But <laughs> they're they're going to finish like twelfth or something like that. Um, but they're not a bad team. I think last season, if you dropped them into the Premier League, they yeah, would have finished yeah, yeah. Like, six, sixteen, fifteen, something like yeah. that. Um, it's just as a, a very level playing field. From well, I don't know where you want to draw the line, to be honest. But there's a lot of teams that are kind of the same. Uh, and their defense is is kind of terrible, to mm. be honest. Them and them and Villa, it's no surprise to me that they have conceded. Them and Villa, that is the most goals this season. I know Southampton, Southampton are level with fifty-one. Conceded, that was all nine one. goals in one game, weren't it? Exactly that. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've only scored four goals less than us, uh, but they conceded more than double, which is kind of how I expected their season to go. I think I thought I thought their attack was slightly overrated um you know very reliant on puki whereas you know i felt like we would probably get goals from more areas of the pitch and uh, the defense was not good last season and it's been terrible at this level so that hasn't shocked me whatsoever wow. it's you know it's almost like who could have foreseen this coming really <laughs> you know when they you know when they didn't spend in the summer um you know they spent a little bit in january haven't they on uh, i guess kind of not necessarily starters and a few players for the future yeah. they they're really preparing for um for the championship yeah
1: I mean like I say I think it'll be
0: difficult it's
1: it's going to be tight I think they are like we said they're, they're better than maybe the league suggests they're probably all the worst team but in, what I mean by that is you look at a team at bottom of the league and you think easy three points it's not going to be an easy three points but any stretch of the imagination they've they've basically given everyone a game aren't they that they've played pretty much this season
0: yeah there's only been a few surrender jobs yeah. I think out of the lot of them and uh yeah, they'll. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, look from their point of view, if uh, I don't know who Watford play this weekend, but they could very possibly be three, uh, three points. Uh, yeah, three points off safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By the end of Saturday, I which thought,
1: is I think they've left it insane.
0: too late, but I think that, and
1: I, I don't know if they've got it in him to go on a three-game winning run, which they're going to have to do. But they're not out of it, and they'll not think they're out of it. So you know, if they beat us, they're going to be thinking, well, you know, "We're in it. We're you know, we're right back in this."
0: Yeah, I think even if they do beat us, I'd still they're still gonna be huge favourites to yeah, go down, yeah, I think, I I mean, think, I think if they
1: beat us they'll slow go down, but I think from their point of view, they might look at this game and say this is one we might have to get three points from.
0: Yeah, it's so weird, you know. I mean if Norwich stay up, I mean do we just like scrap relegation places this season? Like I, mean, yeah. like, I don't understand who who's gonna go down. Well, talking away, a
1: lot. Of, I think the biggest thread on their forum is about will the coronavirus end the season? And they, you know, <laughs> some seem a bit, a bit excited that the <laughs> that the uh, season <laughs> might just be null and void, and they stay up. So I think that's
0: what the the, every, the main hopes are at the moment. But everyone in Norwich is uh, booking weekends in Italy <laughs> so they can come back and try yeah. and shake hands with every Premier League footballer.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea. That yeah, they, they seem <laughs> to think they're saying that every time uh, if if anyone gets it within the football community they 'll stop the league and then who knows you know where it 'll go from there, but it seems a bit perverse, <laughs> sort of like wanting people to die just so you stay up but <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh, it 's bigger than life and death yeah, um, yeah they 've uh, they have the eighteenth worst attack on xg the eighteenth worst defense it 's not a good combination even you know, even the other teams down at the bottom are usually semi good at one thing and bad at the other, whereas they're actually bad at both and that's why they're down at the bottom of the league. Yeah. They've got some good players, as they say, you know, we we I think we well, certainly you and I have respect for Norwich's ability. Pookie is still a good finisher. I know he's mm-hmm. not he's barely scored from open play since like September or something like that. There is this weird uh Emmy Buendier Farker mm. thing that's been kind of bubbling on well, I don't know. I don't know how widely known this is. But, yeah, Fark has sort of said a few times, you know, Buendia, we we have a, a, a really bad points-per-game ratio when he's in the team. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't Jesse, care. He? Yeah, and he played, on, he played against Leicester as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if he'd just been taken out of context or something like that. Because Buendia is clearly their best attacker. He is, like, by far the highest chance creator on their team, which mm-hmm. is, is, you know, saying something considering they're poor... At creating chances, so yeah, that was weird. Um, but there was, I mean,
1: they're saying that the game should be moved to Sunday, really, with obviously then playing on Wednesday. And yeah, I, I sort of have sympathy for that in a way. It's you go into extra time and then playing again two days later. Oh, for that little thing, you we all know with the Premier League, it's those little moments and it, the, the, the any sort of advantage you can get that gets you the win, and hopefully, that puts it in our uh, favor.
0: Yeah, didn't we? I feel like we had the same earlier in the season when we played them, didn't we? we played, didn't we play Newcastle on the Thursday? That's right, yeah. yeah. And it was on the Sunday, yeah. so I don't know if they played on... They must have played on Wednesday but or something like that. What they're saying
1: is they went to extra time, so it's uh, it's less recovery time. They didn't look knackered, well, to be fair, but at the same time, they didn't play pookie or anything like that.
0: Yeah, and also, maybe don't go to extra time then. Maybe yeah, win it in 90 good. minutes yeah. or, or score an own <laughs> yeah, goal yeah, in I the 90th that. minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, we're, we're back to Bramall Lane. It's a, a very rare 3pm kick-off. It might, it might even be the last one of the season for all I can yeah, think you know, of. Are, actually, it, uh, yeah. Plenty being moved around. Uh, obviously, the manual away game is going to get moved as mm-hmm. well now. Wow, yeah, uh, I, I never I
1: thought of that. Yeah, I mean, there's Newcastle away next week and I think that might be it.
0: Uh, yes, this is. Oh, Everton at home. The final home game is currently a 3 p.m. Mm-mm. kickoff in May. That'll be something to play for, though, aren't it? Yes, strong agree. If that's a playoff for Europa League mm-hmm. or something like that, cause Premier League will be well sewn up by that point. Yeah, so uh, you know, em- embrace the possible final 3 p.m. home game. But yeah, uh, I-, I don't know. I was, I was sort of uh, umming and ahhing about whether I'm happier that they one on penalties and therefore there's a bit of a like you know after the lord mayor's show thing or whether it's you know been worse if they'd lost and then they're looking to come you know, react strongly, like that kind of thing
1: I'd like to have gone that far, lose and then you think,
0: well, why did we bother with that <laughs> <It was laughs> yeah, I guess. but
1: yeah, I don't think it really makes that much I thought they'd win once it went to penalties because Krul is a master penalty man, isn't he? So.
0: He is, yeah, he knows how to uh, get in people's heads apparently yeah, um, yeah I, I, so I sort of ummed and hard on that and then was like, do you know what it, it doesn't really matter that much and also, I, I, I'm not going to I don't want to suggest I have a lack of ambition for our season here, but this game probably means more to Norwich than it does to us, mm-hmm. ultimately. But, you know, it's not... A, you know if, if we lose this game, then maybe we have to think about the Europa League instead of chasing for the Champions League. And, not glad no you Wilder. Know, <laughs> no, Wilder out and all that. So, yeah, looking forward to it. It's game, uh, obviously, a game that we can go into hoping to win, but it'll be, a, a, I'm sure, a, a more competitive game than uh, the, the standard top 8 team versus team bottom of the league mm. usually is in the premier league. So yeah, bring it on. Right mate, any uh, any final thoughts anything you want to uh, plug? No,
1: like I said I did the Arsenal view from yesterday, uh, just their reaction to the draw which is quite eye opening, shall we say? Quite I'd say it's 50-50 split. Some people are saying what are you on about? These are a good side. Other people are saying right, we're in the semi-finals. Let's book Wembley. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we're free with that, but yeah, I'll get the knowledge view um, tomorrow. Tomorrow. That's yeah. Thursday, isn't it today? Yeah, tomorrow,
0: yeah. It's... Oh, it is Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've
1: lost for days, yeah. <laughs> <I've never
0: played. laughs> yeah, I know, it's so confusing. Uh anyway, yes, people check that out, roysviewfrom.com and at Panchero. You have to follow me at Blades Pod on Twitter as well. Uh right then, Paul. We'll uh, we'll leave it there. Uh I will may- maybe see you on Saturday yeah, yeah, before the match yeah. and uh, we'll catch up. Um Early next yeah, week to talk yeah. about this game, I guess. Nice one. We're through to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Bring it on! Yeah, nice Can't one. Wait. Nice one. Talk to you later. later. Thanks, Thanks to Andrew. Thanks to you for listening. And seeing as you made it this far, perhaps you'll just let me tell you about a quick word from one of our sponsors, Beer Fifty Two. Now, Beer Fifty Two are offering a free case of their handpicked beers to Bladespod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com/bladespod, sign up, cover the four ninety-five for postage. They will send you a case of eight free beers and I can tell you these aren't just any beers. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries the world has to offer. They're on a mission to find the best beers out there and deliver it to their members each and every month. So if you're like me and you like trying something new when it comes to your beer, Beer 52 is definitely for you. They don't hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today, get your free case of craft beer. You get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the word beer, then the number's 52.com slash bladespod. Thanks once again for listening. I will speak to you next week.